Hi, I'm Jessie, your host of the Jessie Williams podcast. I'm a personal trainer and women's online health coach, bringing you all things health, wellness, money, mindset, and just life in general. If you want to learn, laugh, and up-level your life, this is a podcast for you. Each episode, we'll talk habits, tips, tricks, and big ideas to nourish your mind and inspire you to create your dream life by design. Let's dive in. Hello, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I do want to try and keep today's episode somewhat quick, but my intention for you today is that you will walk away from this having a deeper insight into what it means to hold space for someone and to be a really, really good listener, which can really help strengthen your relationship with those people around you, whether it's romantic, platonic, with family, whatever it is, being someone who people feel really comfortable coming to you and being vulnerable with you and you can be a really safe space for them whenever they are in a state of expressing their feelings their emotions or their concerns whatever it may be knowing that you are the go-to person because you make them feel safe to be vulnerable and feel what they feel because you don't need to fix anything so First of all, I want to talk about what it means to hold space for somebody. And some of you may have heard the terminology of holding space and some of you might be really, really deeply understanding of what this means and you may practice it in your own lives and be very, very good good at it. Some of you may know um, slightly what it means but don't know how to practice it or maybe you practice it without even knowing what it means and then maybe for some of you this is an incredibly new um, kind of concept to your understanding. So holding space means being physically, mentally and emotionally present for someone and it means putting your focus on the other person to really support them as they feel into their feelings and a really important aspect of this is being present, being a good listener and also managing or withholding judgment why you are being present with this other person. What I've done is I've actually kind of like laid out a little bit of dot points on the do's and don'ts of holding space because I think it's one thing to understand the definition of it, but it's only when you understand what you should or shouldn't be doing in a sense as a general guideline that you can actually get help in putting this into practice. Out of the the don'ts, let's start with the don'ts of what you do not do when you're holding space for someone. And I want to um, start off by saying, listen to this as new information. Don't judge yourself for your past actions or the way in which you've showed up for other people and show yourself love and kindness and compassion for understanding that you may have done these before and they have been very, very normalized within our society. But one of the things I like to say is don't judge yourself for what you didn't know before you knew it, right? And almost all of these I have done before in my time, before I knew what it meant to hold space for someone. And Sometimes I still slip up and fall into these old patterns and I have to catch myself in that and either apologize to the person or just pull myself back. 
So it is very normal with where we are in today's society to want to be the fixer and the people pleaser and to take away people's pain. But it's our job to let people have their own experience. So as I said, don't judge yourself for what you didn't know before you knew it. And let's dive into the don'ts. So the first thing, which is probably something that nearly everyone will be guilty of, myself included, is don't try and problem solve. Don't jump into problem solving. When somebody is having an emotional experience, when somebody is sharing their their emotions with you, whether it's anger or frustration or sadness or disappointment or guilt or shame, whatever it is they're feeling when they are having an emotional experience and they are expressing that with you, withhold from problem solving. Something we so often do is go straight into trying to solve the problem for them. Oh, well, why don't you do this or change that or listen to this? And you know what? If you've ever been on the other end of this, it really doesn't fucking feel good. It doesn't feel good when you are in a very deep state of vulnerability and you are expressing and you are emotional and somebody is coming in and trying to give you a logical answer to an emotional response. We know it doesn't feel good when people try to just solve our problems or tell us what how to feel or how we can fix it because in that moment, we know that in if, if a week's time or, or a few days time or even in an hour's time, we will fix it. We will have, a, we will come to a resolution or we will come to a decision on what to do about our problem. But right now in this moment, we don't want to think about the next action steps. We don't want to think about the problem solving or know what we should or shouldn't do about the situation. We just want to feel fucking sad or we want to feel angry or we want to feel disappointed or sit in the shame and we just want to feel our feelings and we want someone to hold space or be present and just listen and be there for us in that moment. So problem resolve from problem solving. It doesn't feel good for the other person. As you would know, it doesn't feel good when people do that for you. The second don't is cut them off. So if somebody is having a emotional experience or they're venting or they're going on about something, whatever it is, whether you agree or whether you disagree or whether whatever it is, try and reserve from having your own emotional reaction to that and just realizing that it has nothing to do with you. Put your ego aside, let them be, let them speak and let them fully finish their expression Do not cut them off mid-sentence because it really doesn't feel good. And it's definitely a big Um, no-no. You can't hold space and be cutting someone off at the same time. The third thing is do not dismiss their feelings, downplay their experience or tell them how to feel or not feel. So for example, some things that I would avoid saying is don't cry, don't be sad, calm down we've all heard the calm down one calm down think of the positives it could be worse right so in this experience you are not holding space for someone you are telling them that they they shouldn't have the reaction they're having they shouldn't do the thing they're doing or they should do something else or they should focus on this thing you're taking away their emotional experience and putting their focus onto something that you think is right, which is based purely on your own projections, understanding or picture of the overall experience. And here's the bottom line. Someone else's emotional experience is not your responsibility. You are not responsible to fix them or um, anything like that. But in saying that, 
when you say things like don't cry or don't be sad, it's actually nothing to do with the other person and everything to do with yourself and your inability to hold space for someone. And usually this comes down to a part of you which doesn't feel safe or or feels awkward when people are sensitive with you. And maybe this comes from your childhood or maybe you were told not to cry or crying is weakness or um, crying is bad or whatever it is. And so now when people cry with you, you don't know how to handle that and you feel incredibly uncomfortable. And so your solution is to tell them not to cry. Don't be sad, right? The old pat on the back, awkward, this doesn't feel good for me, which is your own shit to work through, not theirs. And it's not fair that you project your own, um, you know, beliefs or projections onto this other person. That's not fair, right? Let them have their emotional experience. But here is the bottom line. If you don't feel that you can hold space for someone, because say, for example, it's triggering you in some way, whatever way that trigger looks like, if it makes you uncomfortable and you don't feel safe holding that space for the person, it is also okay to set your own boundary. But the thing is, you either need to set the boundary or hold the space, right? You can't be this in or out. It's not fair that you project your beliefs onto them and tell them not to cry or feel this thing or whatever. You either need to be there and be fucking present and hold space for them and be with them why they they express, or you need to communicate to them hey, I really feel I'm not the right person um, to uh, deal with this. Hey, this is making me really uncomfortable. It's actually triggering or bring up my own issues. I'm so sorry that you're feeling this way. Is there someone else you think you can talk about it with? Um, So it's not just leaving them out on their own, but it is also setting your own boundary and protecting your own energy as well. Um, And mind you guys, there's a difference between somebody emotionally expressing and um, emotionally dumping. So emotionally dumping is someone just like, um, it's usually very, it has a quite a toxic or a negative energy. There's no resolution. Um, It's something they keep bringing up all the time, that sort of thing versus emotionally expressing is just like, hey, I'm here and in this moment and this is all the stuff that I'm feeling. And it usually the other person is open to feedback or does want a resolution they're not just spewing to spew so for example gossip and stuff like that you don't need to hold space for someone why they gossip for example you do however need to hold space for someone if they're going through loss or difficulty or a challenge or poor mental health or just a bad fucking day right so I think two things it's important that you know the difference between emotionally venting and um emotionally dumping you do need a space you should hold space for the venting you don't hold space for the dumping secondly it's important to be aware of your own needs and whether you need to set a boundary or whether you're in a you are uh, in a position that you can hold space for this person so they're really really important to know as well so we've gone over the main don'ts let's go into the do's because this is gonna um, help you understand and maybe grasp a little bit more deep the concept of holding space. So number one is just listen. So this is obviously the opposite of problem solving. Just listen. Whatever they have to say, just be there, be present, 
show that you're listening, make eye contact with them, depending on the person in your relationship with them. Um, you might even like put a hand on their knee or their shoulder or something like that to show, hey, I'm here. I'm so fucking present right now. I can acknowledge your pain and I've got you and I'm here to hold space for you while you feel what you feel. The next thing is if there is a position where you do need to give advice or you think it's really beneficial for you to give advice, which in some circumstances it is, ask and get an invitation first. So this could sound like, hey, like, I'm so sorry you're feeling this. That fucking sucks. Do you need advice or do you just need me to be here and listen right now? Right? You asked them and you are going to get an invitation and they will either turn around and they will say, do you mind, like, I just need you to listen. I don't, yeah, can you just be here with me? Or they might say, I would love advice. What would you recommend, right? So get the invitation first. Ask to be invited into advice giving on problem solving. Number three is withhold judgment, right? Let this person have their experience, even if it's something where you're like, why are they sad over this little thing? Or why are they getting angry about that? Let go of your ego, withhold the judgment because everyone has certain emotional reactions to different things. That's nothing to do with you and that's their own experience to have. And when you withhold judgment, it's going to make them feel so much more safe with you, which actually goes into my next point, which is make them feel safe to fail or to be vulnerable. Make them feel safe that they can be messy in their experience, that they are not wrong in their experience and that it's okay to be vulnerable and be open and be honest. Obviously, only if you're going to take that seriously And it really is safe for them to be open and honest with you. If you're going to go and talk to someone else about, oh my God, so-and-so like just broke down over this little thing or they got so angry or, you know, if you're going to go and then gossip about that and it's not safe for them to talk, don't make them feel that it is. Um, So obviously only invite them into feeling safe if it actually is um, and you're in a position where their experience and how they open up to you is held within confidence and of of high importance to you. The next one is give gentle guidance. And this can confuse a little people because you're like, oh, a don't is problem solving and a do is asking for invitation. But it is also okay to give gentle advice where appropriate. So it's really up to you to, um, I guess, decipher between whether you just need to listen or whether they're in a like confusion sort of spiral and they actually do need some guidance and when I say the word gentle guidance this is a little bit different to advice in like uh, do this or don't do that or this sort of thing gentle guidance can be more relaxed language that they can really take it or leave it and there's going to be no guilt or shame attached if they don't take the guidance on board so for example you could start a sentence with perhaps you could do xyz or would it feel good for you to try this so it's kind of like you're uh, you're giving 
you're bringing something to the surface and you're giving guidance, but you're putting it to them that it's within their control of whether they go with it. So would it feel good for you to try this thing? Would it feel good for you to say? And then they get to feel like it's really in control because you've asked them, would it feel good for them to? And then they really feel like they can say no to that. But they can also say yes if it is something that feels like an aligned uh, decision or action or whatever it may be. So you're really putting it to them and making them feel in control, which is really important when you're holding space for someone. It's really important to give them a sense of autonomy, which is kind of like self-leadership and that they're making their own decisions and and that they are in control. So... Holding space for someone is absolutely a skill um, and you will get better at it with time. But I think the main thing is like really feeling into listening to listen, not listening to respond, right? That's a very, very well-renowned saying, listen to listen, don't listen to respond. And I think it's so beautiful and so important because so often in our life, we're only listening to someone else and already uh, preparing ourselves to listen, to know what to say back. And holding space is really about not just listening so that you know what to say or to have the right thing to say, but really listening just to listen, just to be present, just to be there, just to allow them to express, to say what they need to say. Um, And something that I practice with this is, um, and hopefully this makes sense, but sometimes when somebody's speaking and you get this thought in your head of, oh my God, I have a really good story to tell, or oh my God, I have a good thing to say, or whatever, you think of like this thing that you want to bring into the conversation. And then what happens is you keep thinking about that thing and the person keeps talking and you are then second by second, minute by minute, getting more and more distracted and less and less present in the conversation because you're actually focused on when you get a chance to speak, to tell this story or to say back what you wanted to say. And it really breaks down the authenticity of the conversation and all of a sudden you are listening to respond like you are waiting for a gap in the conversation to bring up this thing you've stopped um listening to anything they said after you had that thought so something I practice is when I have this happen to me and we've all had it happen when I'm like oh my god I have that the best story or oh my god I have a really good response to that if the person keeps talking I let it go, like I fully let it go out of my consciousness and I tell myself if that story is important and if it's still relevant to the person at the end of this, like them speaking, it will come back to me. But in the meantime, I'm going to see where else the conversation goes and maybe in the next two minutes of them speaking, it won't feel fitting or it won't be relevant anymore and that's okay. So letting go a little bit of your ego or your desire to to have to say this thing and just being there and being so fucking present in the conversation, which I think is really, really powerful as well. I feel like there are so many other avenues I could go down with this particular topic, but I will, as I said, I wanted to keep today really, really short and I just wanted you to have some actionable things that you can start implementing after this. So if you have more questions about communicating and things like that, feel free to ask me, DM me, email me. I'm always happy to take on more podcast ideas or, or discuss any topic more deeply. But I hope that today you walk away from this becoming a better listener, um, understanding how you can be there for people and above all, not needing to fix them or fix their problems and realizing that their emotional reaction is not your responsibility, but it is your responsibility to be there for somebody while they go through their shit. 
And another way to look at this is when we want to fix people, when you do fix and when you do problem solve, or if you're an empath and you try and take away somebody else's emotional experience and you take it on as your own, really you're saying, I don't think you're strong enough to handle this yourself. Let that sink in. When you problem solve or when you take away or take on somebody else's emotional experience as your own, you are saying to them, I don't think that you are strong enough to handle this yourself. And so you take it. And this is a really, really um, good point for anyone who's an empath, anyone who is so deeply sensitive to other people's emotional experiences, reactions, and ends up walking away feeling responsible for the outcome, or you can't help but keep thinking about them, or you want to take it on, or you want to fix and stuff like that. This can be really powerful for you because now all of a sudden it's like, wow, like I'm actually not helping by taking on their emotions for them. I'm actually uh, taking away their opportunity to step up and grow or become stronger or have a breakthrough or whatever it may be. Because at the end of the day, when we have these emotional experiences, something always comes out on the other side. We grow in some way, we develop a new concept or a new idea or a new way of being, or we set ourselves on a new fucking life path if it's something big. So These are always here for a reason and they make us stronger and it's so okay for people to have their emotional experiences. You don't need to fix anything for anyone. That is their experience to have. You are your responsibility. They are their responsibility. And so you don't need to take on anything as your own or fix anything for anyone else. So I hope you got some good stuff out of today's episode. Um, That is all for me for now and I will talk to you guys soon.